Hi, everybody. My name is Sean Shaler. This is my friend Chris Ford, a.k.a. The Objective Geek. We are Avatar The Last Podcasters, and after wrapping up with the season finale last week, or two weeks ago, I think, of Book One Water, which was excellent, by the way, the episode. I mean, I think the podcast was too, but the episode was excellent. This week, before we move on to anything different to the next season, we decided it would be fun to recap our top five favorite episodes from this season. So really looking forward to this episode, looking forward to looking back at our favorite episodes of season one. But before we get into all that goodness, Chris, how you doing? I'm doing good. Uh, I've been pretty busy lately. Right now I'm working on a Dragon Prince video, so should have that out probably before this podcast gets out, or about the same time. And I'm working on a Static Shot cosplay that I'm pretty excited about for Planet Comic Con coming up, so bunch of nerdy th- things i've been just consuming my life lately i feel like you're challenging me with that podcast comment like well it'll probably be out before the podcast goes up All right just because i usually wait like two weeks no need to go throwing barbs uh, coincidentally we're gonna try something a little different that'll hopefully allow me to get it up a little faster and that's very exciting and then you mentioned comic-con that's your other nerdy thing so wanting to know if you wanted to spend any time talking about your comic-con plans here in kansas city on march 31st or if you're not ready to reveal um, your I don't, reveal your your new nah, identity. I don't, I don't say. Oh yeah, uh, I mean I'll be Static Shock or just Static as he is called in the comic books. But the comic book itself is called Static Shock, and the show is called Static Shock. But uh, he's one of the most important characters to me. He's one of the ones I relate to absolutely the most. And just putting on the costume is a great feeling. I pretty much have the costume done. And most importantly, I get to meet Dennis Cohen at Planet Comic Con, who co-created the character of Static. So, very excited. Is that the only, uh, or the biggest name you're excited for? Or are there any others you're going to hit as well? There really aren't any uh, any big ones. I'm actually looking forward to going to some panels. <laughs> Last year, we didn't go to any panels at all. <laughs> we just kind of walked around. We did, yeah. Like, taking pictures and stuff. Uh, well, so, look forward to that. Nope. If I may laud your costume creation last year, I feel like we spent a lot of time sort of interacting with other Batman characters, which was a lot of fun for me. And so that... Yes. Uh, yeah, it'll be nice to go sit in on a few panels, I think. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Kevin Conroy won't be there that this year, I don't believe. Uh, neither will Scott Snyder or uh, Greg Capullo, who they always draw big crowds. Each of those, all of them draw big crowds. So there weren't as many big names, but... I feel like I'm more excited to meet Dennis Cohen than uh, it's not on the level of Kevin Conroy because I've been just infatuated with Kevin Conroy since I was a you know young lad. But <laughs> in terms of just uh, name but... recognition, it's probably hard to beat Kevin Conroy in the uh, in yeah. the in the comic book world or in the nerd world, I suppose. Yeah, he is the definitive Batman. So. Well, this year uh, I will be attending as generic Gryffindor character <laughs> with my Christmas robes. Not my Christmas robes, robes I got for Christmas uh, because I have no crafting ability. I do think I'll try to pull. I think my hair is close to a place where I'll probably draw a little scar on my forehead and wear the glasses and just go for the Harry Potter look. But uh, no, not too creative, but there are some Harry Potter characters there. I think Fred and George are going to be there and Ginny, perhaps. Yep. Um, you and know, the I twins. Would, I would maybe meet Ginny, but it just uh, it doesn't appeal to me too much. I'd much rather just kind of walk around with you and listen, and yeah. uh, <laughs> even just to learn more about comic. Like for some reason, meeting Ginny Weasley and Fred and George Weasley doesn't 
doesn't do a ton for me. I'd rather go learn more about about comic book characters, uh, other worlds, and things that I haven't really explored as much. Not many better places to do that than at Comic Con. You just you see a little bit of everything. So not really high on my list, but I will True. be dressed as Harry Potter, uh, and you will be dressed as Static. So that's very exciting. And that's in yeah. three or four weeks here, probably four weeks from right now. Yeah. And so, uh, and in other nerd news, I feel like. I don't think we're late on this. I think this falls between this episode, but uh, Black Panther in the Oscars, uh, care to offer any recaps? Uh, it did really great. It was a great year for comic books and, and uh, the Oscars. Black Panther won three awards, uh, and some of those awards don't typically go to superhero movies, uh, like costume design and production setting um, and, and score, and I think it completely deserved all those awards, especially score. Uh, the score was done by Ludwig Gorson, and he actually produces a lot of Donald Glover slash Chadwick Gambino songs, pretty much all of them, really. They've been in team since he first became a rapper. Um, and then one of the best movies of the year, uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, one best animated movie. So it's a great representation for not only comic books, but people of color, um, especially at the Oscars this year, because Roma won a lot of awards. Um, uh, and uh, and Alfonso Cron, who directed Roma, won a lot of awards. So it's a good year for the Oscars, I think, despite not having a host. I I have not seen Into the Spider Verse yet. I tend to be a little skeptical of Spider Man movies, but I've heard nothing except for not just good things. I've heard nothing but amazing things about that. So that's pretty high on my list of what to see next. Uh, you should see it. You should see it for the fact alone that John Mulaney plays a character named Spider Pig or Spider Ham. Sorry. John Mulaney is the is the pigs is the Porky Pig Spider Man. He's not really yes. Porky. I, mean, I just all... when I see him in the previews, I'm like, that's Porky Pig Spider Man. I didn't know it was yeah, John Mulaney. That's a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, John Mulaney, personal yeah. favorite of the show, really. And then, uh, <laughs> of course, of course, the Black Panther is great. Uh, I like. I don't. Uh, you're well aware as I don't love the Marvel universe maybe quite as much as most people, uh, but it does rank. You know, it might be my favorite Marvel universe movie very high up there for me had a qualm here and there but overall i really enjoyed it so i was very excited i don't normally pay attention to the oscars but this year i feel like i had a couple reasons too so that was fun uh you've put out some very popular videos recently any updates there uh, you don't have to give any spoilers but i know you got some good stuff out <laughs> uh, uh dragon prince spoiler free review that is out there and actually i like that video the most uh, and then I have a Dragon Prince spoiler field review where I give my favorite, a list of my favorite characters, my top moments, a few predictions for future seasons, and that one's doing relatively well. Um, so yeah, go check that one out. And then I have a review for Alita Battle Angel, which probably has the most dislikes percentage of videos I've released because I'm not that, you know, that shining on it. I'm not that, uh, boastful about it while other people really <laughs> love it but it i do enjoy i've gotten a lot of great interaction and comments in, in that video so i enjoy that aspect a lot even if they disagree i like just conversation about movies no matter if we disagree on it some people give the thumbs down and it's sort of a weird perspective like i only give a thumbs down if i don't like the sort of the purpose or the intent of the video a lot of people yes. i feel like give thumbs down just because yeah they sort of generically disagree with the content and they're just like it's a way to sort of express an opinion. Those people are probably the majority of that, I think, just disagreeing with opinions. But 
I, I don't know. It's, it's hard to say, but I, sometimes when I, when I give thumbs down, which is very rare, it's because I, I feel like I'm opposed to what they're set out to do in the first place, like a root cause. I'm never going to watch <laughs> yes. that person on YouTube again. So I'm not very liberal with my thumbs downs, but uh, Alita Battle, Battle Angel, I'm not interested because the, the character model kind of creeps me out a little bit, and I think it's going to give me nightmares. <laughs> so I'm going to pass on that one personally unless somebody tells me differently. Uh, as for the Dragon Prince... That won't be me. Yeah, uh, well, you, you, gave a, you gave an honest review, as always, and I watched it, I was like... It's it's like it's positive. It wasn't wasn't a horrible review by any means. So I was like, I it just no. reaffirms my lack of need to see that movie. I think. And then on the Dragon Prince, I binged the first season, which I'd watched once before, but just to refresh, I binged the first season one night, second season uh, the night after, and I kind of refell in love. In my head, it became my favorite animated series, maybe of all time. Shh, don't tell Avatar, and maybe mm. we had to. I had to see the whole picture before I can definitively say that. True. But I will say that I absolutely loved it, and I really enjoyed your... I, I watched your spoiler review. I didn't even watch your no-spoiler review. I watched the spoiler review, and I really enjoyed Thanks. that video as well. Yeah, I'll watch, I can watch the non-spoiler one, too. I just, like, whatever. I'll watch it. <laughs> the thing is, I put more effort... <laughs> I put more effort into that video because it has like clips and stuff. And you have to be more and, careful, uh, right? You can't just say whatever. You can't. Yeah, I can't just cuff. spoil things. So it's uh, so then the spoiler free this spoiler free review. I just like wrote pretty much bullet points, and and most of my videos are just bullet points. But these are just like name, 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 moment, 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 and I just spoke about it. Yeah, and that one was doing very well. It's doing. <laughs> 20 no, times I just more feel well bad. than. <laughs> no, it's fine. Uh, no, you know what? I'll go watch it's doing it. Fine. I'll give it a. I'll give it a thumbs down <laughs> because I disagree with spoiler-free reviews. And <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm sure it's. I'm sure it's excellent. The the public thinks it's excellent. But I thought your your spoiler one was great too. So there's that. Chris, oh, I, well, good. I have I have big positive <laughs> Avatar: The Last Podcasters news. Uh, as big as news actually gets on this show, which is a very tiny scope. But we have made it onto iTunes, and we have made it onto Spotify, and we are close to making it onto Google Play. That way, threes and fours of more people can listen to our show, and that's very exciting. And it is thanks to a website. Chris, how long have we been talking about this? Since the beginning, basically, right? Uh, like a year or yeah. eight months. And there's no... Yeah, you've been doing a lot of talking. I talk a lot, and I didn't back it up for eight months. Because there's no good free hosts. Now, you can, if, if a lot of people watch that, there would be some things in the comments about, well, you can do this for free here and that for free there. There was only three choices for sort of all-encompassing. You can stuff as much here as you want. You can produce a right RSS feed. And, and only like three places did that at all. And two of them I found very sketchy, personally. Um, and, so I, and, I just learned, and I just learned about them like within the past two weeks. But I found a place, of all places, nobody ever talks about it at all in any reviews, in best podcast hosts, or anything. It's literally called podcast.com. It could not be more obvious. And it's amazing. And it spat out the RSS feed that I've been looking for for months and, and worked immediately with iTunes and did everything it's supposed to do. It's hard to explain unless you've tried to put a podcast on iTunes. What can all go wrong? But this free site that's named so literally that nobody talks about and it's amazing. And I don't know why. So I'm going to go out of my way. Anytime anybody talks about podcasts, I'm going to be like, drop whatever you're doing, go use this one. 
maybe it doesn't have the analytics that the other ones have. I don't know that we care too much about that part. But podcast.com, it's amazing. We're in more places now, and that's very exciting. And then finally, and they're not paying us. We're, the they're things. not paying us at all, and, and we probably won't get paid to do such things ever. But more importantly, we're not paying them. And that's pretty awesome because <laughs> <laughs> that's a good <laughs> we're we're pretty much doing this uh, out, uh, for no other reason than pure joy. I don't know if there'd be like a disappointed fan base if you just started doing more videos instead of podcasts. This is pretty much pure joy. No, no money here, so it's good that we're not paying it. So thank you, podcasts.com. I'm super glad that I found you, and I don't know why you're not more obvious. If you search top top podcast hosts right now. No way is podcast.com showing up, and that seems ridiculous to me. And then finally, next Thursday, I've got uh, Nerdstalgia Game Night, and Nerdstalgia is nothing more than than like a brand name. I'm going to start slapping on this game night where I'm going to go sit at the library for like two or three hours and play video games and just hope that other people show up, and they put it in their flyers, and that makes me feel good. And that's next week, and I'm pretty excited. The reason I was telling you here is because I think I'm going to do it on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles next week. I've got three of the NAS games, and they're all. Two of them are great. One of them is mediocre, and I think I'm going to do Turtles games next week on the NES. We'll see. I haven't decided yet. So, hey, that was a weirdly lot amount of news compared to normal, but I think it's time we get into the rankings. I say some intro here. There's very little intro. Basically, we we keep our rankings in an Excel sheet because we're both Excel people. And yes. I've got the I've got the rankings tallied, and we threw them into the spreadsheet. We're gonna alternate, so I'll do one, you'll do one, five, five, four, four, three, three, and so on, until we get to number one. Just a nice way to recap season one, I think. Um, I kind of forget who goes first. Let me see who goes first. Hey, you go, first, go first with number five. <laughs> number five is the boy in the iceberg slash the Avatar Returns. I mean, this is the pilot episode it, it introduced us to all these characters and i think as a pilot episode it was one of the best pilot episodes i've ever seen like it does such a great job of introducing characters laying the the groundwork for the universe a lot of world building um you learn so much about katara and Sokka in the first five minutes they're on a boat together just talking and then you learn a lot about Aang. you learn about a lot about zuko um, the animation is okay in, in the episode, but the storytelling is just so grand, especially for a pilot episode. And I did not learn until we watched this uh, together for the podcast. So it's the pilot, and all. It, it's not really a two-part episode. It has separate titles, but it is a, a two-part episode. I believe they aired on the same day. But it was not the original pilot. There was a different pilot somewhere else that uh, things were quite a bit different and it was several yes. maybe two or three years earlier but i didn't know that until you told me when we did the first episode so other fond memories that we stacked on externally uh, my number five was the northern air temple and so let me think i might be getting them mixed up which one's the northern air temple is that the, uh, the northern air temple ang that goes is and visits episode the northern air temple where 17 um, right 16 or 17 uh, it's episodes 16. Episode 17. 17. 17. You're right. Okay. Because it goes Northern Air Temple, then the Water Bending Master, then Siege of North Part 1, Siege of North Part 2. So it's very close to the end of the season. We're wrapping up. We're heading towards the North Pole. 
And what I like about it is that it's sort of, it's, it's a very good individual story. It stands alone very well. I mentioned at the time I complained there's kind of too much packed in there. But despite the fact that we're kind of coming to the, the pinnacle of season one and we're building up to this great finale, they still took this time to, to make this episode that stands alone and has a really nice story and it introduces you to a new location and a new group of people, a new group of friends. And it's just all wrapped together really well. I liked everything about the episode very well. And uh, nothing really stood out other than uh, <laughs> other than that it by itself is just a nice story that I always remember very well. So Northern Air Temple, <laughs> where they meet the fake airbenders, the non-spirited airbenders. Just everything across the board. This is kind of uh, interesting to me because... <laughs> I'm sure this. I don't know where this ranks on my list, but it's probably not in the top ten. I don't at think all. it was in the top. It shows 10. how different we are. Yeah, I don't <laughs> think it was in the top ten for you. I think it was. Uh, I think it was pretty, pretty average. And to be fair, on mine, I had kind of fairly average scores, but it didn't really have a weakness. You know, it seems like every yeah. other episode that I liked pretty well had one, one low score. So Northern Air Temple, probably not going to be everybody's favorite, but it's one that kind of sticks out in my mind. And that's my number five. Now to Chris's number four. Number four, the blue spirit. I feel like this is the episode that you started to give a lot of hope for Zuko. Like you started to understand just how much he really wants to get back home. So much so that you learn that it's not about he doesn't have hatred for Aang. Like he Aang is just a means to an end. So much so that he Aang is captured by the Fire Nation. Like game over at that point. He's like, no. I have to capture him myself so I can regain my honor. And just the lengths he's willing to go to to do that is extraordinary. Um, it shows so much about the character, about his will, his determination, his drive of you know what he's willing to do. And then and it also is kind of a somber story for Aang. Like Aang, it, it, it ends so somber for him because it's like, oh, I wish I could have made a friend today. And he couldn't. But lo and behold, one day, you know, they'll be friends. But oh yeah, and the fight choreography is amazing. And in this episode, it's so freaking creative and nuanced. And, you know, and Zuko, and also you get to see Zuko completely doing no bending, but still being, um, you know, very combative. And he's still being dangerous. I think the, the thing that stands out to me about that episode in hindsight is there's a lot of like little clever... Uh, little clever things like the whole episode feels like a very well-designed video game level it feels like they thought out every piece it all fits together very nicely just very highly detailed episode i really like that my number four was the king of omashu because i like good cheap slapstick comedy and it's full of it so <laughs> it's this is uh pretty early on and so we don't have a ton of of background on the game just yet we haven't developed a lot of characters very deeply and then boomy by the way never comes back in this season not at all and so there again there there must just be something about it in my head where it as an individual episode just has its own good full story um, some really good fight scenes some fun comedy there's uh, I don't want to say if there's like any, any crazy good animation or anything outside of those fight and action scenes. I call them fight scenes. They're not fight scenes. They're challenges. And mm. there's, I guess there's good animation and stuff like that in there. But again, I just the thing that stands out is a nice whole complete story wrapped up in 30 minutes that happens to have some of the better comedy, I think, of any episode. We don't, we don't grade on that, but that's a nice bonus. 
It, I feel like it might get lumped in there with a little bit with yeah. the uh, um, memorable. Memorable, but... yeah. It I will let us <laughs> let us leave for all let us leave. <laughs> <laughs> it's so dumb, but I love it. It's great. All right, uh, number three is the Water Bending Master. This is such a focus to uh, Katara's episode and her character development, and this was was the first time that. Katara was just a complete BA. Like, you know, it says so much about the character that she doesn't let misogyny and sexism keep her down. Like, she is going to become the best waterbending master there is. And, you know, a lot of these characters just have so much determination and willpower. Like, it's, it's you know, it's, it is inspiring, you know, so much that they have. And her fight with Master Paku, it's it's one of the best fights, and I think in in the especially in the first season, it is it's so beautifully choreographed, you know, and just the story going on within that fight of this young raw power who is not molded yet, taking on this old bitter man who's clearly more skilled than her in every single way. Um, such a great fight, and also you start to build that relationship between. Sokka Princess Yue, which is done uh, very well. And it's really good that they did it in this episode instead of just doing it at the, you know, right at the beginning of like the finale or something. Uh, so yeah, it's a great episode. I, I think that that fight scene, I can't remember, you know, there's a lot of fight scenes in, in all three seasons, but I'm going to say it, it's probably close to like a top five for me in, a, in all three seasons. It probably comes close to cracking that top five. It's very good, especially as you mentioned, when you consider all the context within it. It's just a very exciting, interesting fight in, in every possible way. So I'm going to say it probably comes close to cracking my top five. A lot of fight scenes Damn. in Avatar. So tough to pick, and I don't remember most of them off the top of my head. So my number three, or really tied for number two, was the Blue Spirit. Everything Chris said, and I guess I already kind of talked about too, stole my own thunder. It just feels like a very well-crafted episode. Like every single ingredient fits together very nicely and all works very well. You learn a lot about a character. I get that complete kind of story that I'm craving. They even fit in some interesting background lore in there just by adding the blue spirit, this brand new thing we haven't heard before, and that's interesting to me. Just no complaints to that episode. It's a great one. Number two is the storm. And for some reason, I remember you not enjoying the storm nearly as much as I do. I do not. It was very mediocre in my scores. Not bad, just middling. It was very middling in my scores. You're going to be disappointed later when it... Well, yeah, we'll we'll see later. (laughs) Storm is an amazing episode. Uh, We really see how Aang and Zuko's story really parallel each other. And and Zuko's backstory is so freaking heart wrenching. You learn that oh, he was actually like a good kid before. You know, he wasn't you know a jerk like he is that you see now. And he just wanted to go to a war meeting. You know, he kind of idolizes his father, and this general says something that he doesn't agree with, and he is right in it. Like the general wants to pretty much sacrifice new soldiers to the Earth Kingdom as bait. And Zuko stands up for him. That is very admirable to do. And then he has to fight his father. You know, he he's so 
willing to fight that general. And he turns around, he just, you know, he faces his father, and he's begging for forgiveness to him. And his father just like pissed off, really, at this moment. Um, and just that Mark Hamill delivery of that line that I say it all the time, honestly, it's just, you will learn respect and suffering <laughs> will be your teacher. Like, that's right ah, before that Chris dialogue. spanks his kids, that's what he says. <laughs> Yeah. And nobody would blame me. What say a great line. <laughs> I said, I don't. I, when whenever my kids are like playing around and they're like goofing off, goofing off kind of too hard or something, and like I play around with them, I walk up to them. I kind of mix up Mark Hamill's acting career. I walk up to him like, <laughs> "You will learn respect, and laughter will be your teacher." <laughs> and I tickle them. Someday they'll get that, and it'll be hilarious to yeah. them. They'll they'll see the yeah. genius behind it. You're, uh, I will say this is a great, uh, it's a great exposition. It's a great piece of background. I don't have much complaint to the episode. <laughs> it it uh, I think the reason that hit it hard was for story. Like you get kind of a nice story, I guess, in Zuko's backstory, but it's not really a story. It just it's it's very detailed exposition. It's very nice and helpful. Uh, but it just didn't score too high in all the departments. Other than, uh, again, good comedy in here. The old lady and the old man. Those guys' comedy game is gold. My number two was Winter Solstice. And this is... Uh, it's very impactful. It's a two-part episode, which I always feel a little bad about two-part episodes. Because it feels like they have more time to do stuff. But there's there's a little bit of everything. There's good action. There's a lot of backstory and exposition built in, but you still get a very good standalone story. Very satisfying ending. Uh, that's the part that's most memorable to me is the end of that two-part episode. Uh, just just seeing that temple go down in flames. Oh, I love that. It's amazing. Hmm. And so again, yeah, it feels it feels a little a little cheap on the two-part episodes because they do have when you're talking about twenty-minute episodes, it's it's not a lot to work with, and so doubling that does wonders. But they really use it well in the Winter Solstice. Tell a great story. It's like episode maybe seven and eight. Does that sound right? I think seven and eight. So we're talking about something maybe. very high impact and very cool, very big, very different. Just seven episodes in, and I just I can't remember what my initial emotions were, but I do imagine that was probably a good turning point for me between just, you know, hey, I'm starting to watch this cartoon show, and hey, this cartoon is really awesome. I believe I could easily believe this episode was part of that turning point for me. I think seven and eight, like eighty percent confident. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, so yeah, great, great um, episode. Oh, I'm sorry, I jumped ahead too fast. Go ahead. I, uh, I was a little surprised this oh, one. This one, one thing... did rank pretty high on yours, but you just you kind of had a glut of them right in that like between five and ten that were very close, and this one was in that group for you, so you didn't. You didn't dislike oh, okay. it by any means. No, yeah, I know. I know. I especially love part two of of the ep- of the episode. Part That's one, excellent. it's fine. Like you meet Heibai and and um, and Aang learns more about the spirit world. Although he gets it completely wrong, he's not in the spirit world. He's just astral projecting, sort of, and he's sort of caught in between. Um, <laughs> Aang, what an idiot! But <laughs> act like you've been in the spirit world before, son. Yeah. Maybe you didn't run away. Someone would have taught you something. Jeez. 
I always, I always forget. I, like... I always forget that 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 first half that that's what the first half of that episode is. It just, it does. You're right. It's it, it not flat. It just not nearly as memorable as exciting as part two. Yeah. Oh, you know, and part two is so memorable to me. Like when Roku, when takes over Aang's body, he freaking lava bends and takes out the whole temple. Blasting through those and doors. And also, oh, yeah, it's awesome. It's an amazing scene. It, it's almost like daunting and and horrific what he's doing and the music with it just matches it perfectly not not a fight scene per se but maybe just one of the most exciting individual two or three minutes uh it definitely in season one so great stuff there and i was i was a little surprised didn't crack your list but like i said it was it was close you (laughs) your your five to ten range was pretty crowded that brings us to number one number one siege of the north it is part two took Avatar for being a really, really good kids show to me to being, oh my gosh, it has potential to be one of the greatest shows of all time. And just the singular moment of the water, um, the ocean spirit just laying waste to people and the music just building up and the water tribe members see him and they bow to him. He's like, all right, you guys are cool. And then... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then the Fire Nation members are just like, oh, let's fight him. He's like, whoosh, you dead. And he just, just, just laying waste. Like, and the animation is so beautiful. When Aang steps down, like, because, and it's so dark. And so that luminous blue ocean spirit, that's all you see in the fire. And it's just animation is done so well. And the story in Siege of the North with Princess Yue sacrificing herself, um, that moment with her father at the end with Sokka, where he says, you know, when Yue was born, I had a vision that my daughter would become the moon. And Sokka says, you must be proud. And he says, I'm very proud, but also very sad. It's like, gosh, this show freaking amazing. It was amazing season finale to top off uh, an amazing first season punches you in the stomach a little bit which is where my feels are located i feel in my stomach and uh, (laughs) by the way uh ditto yeah what he said did it great not only i guess the the only two things i'll try to add to that is not only was it our favorite episode but it was easily both of our favorite episode like there was uh several uh i want to say fractions of percentage points which doesn't sound very big when i say it like that but uh, there were several, several tenths, points. yeah, several tenths yeah, tenth points. of difference in between this episode and both of our next ones. So, just the amount of uh, appreciation or fondness we have of that episode, and then also, if you only, if you don't ever listen to anything else that we did, I am really proud of our episode we did on the finale. I think we covered it in really good depth, even though there's a ton of stuff happening there. Uh, I think you do it, you did in that episode a really excellent job of explaining the impact of some of the difference. Uh, not, we didn't really talk directly about symbolism, uh, but there's a lot of symbolic things and foreshadowing, and it's a very a very deep episode. You can't, you almost need to watch it twice to sort of absorb everything. So uh, go, go mm-hmm. listen to that episode, and maybe that'll give you an idea of just how much we really like The Siege of the North, because it's excellent, almost perfect in every way as, as far as a finale is concerned. It did an amazing job. So that's our top fives. Chris, I've got the cumulative top fives next. I'm going to see if you had any final thoughts first. 
Um, I think my um, no, it's it's. Uh, I'm really surprised and somewhat um, glad that we vary because then that that add a lot of variety to our top fives. I'm really surprised with some of your top fives. I'm like, I know that those are not nowhere near my top five. But that's <laughs> why we're uh, we're different. The uh, the 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 Northern Air Temple surprised me a little bit, but I also. Uh, again, I mentioned you had a glut like five to ten. I did. Mine wasn't so much a glut as I had a big drop off after number four. So it wasn't so much a glut as really? it just uh, picking that next one. Um, you know, just th- there was a big drop off. I don't know how else to describe it. Your your drop off was in a different place. We both had one. Yours was farther down. So uh, the only things that I really noticed, which we knew ahead of time. I mean, you love the storm. I'm mediocre on the storm. And then uh, having the King of Omashu, it didn't make your list, but you did think relatively highly of that. So uh, it's only 20 episodes in the whole season, so we're capturing our top 25%. And then there's some double episodes in there. But mm-hmm. I'm glad that we used the rating I really system want to see... because I wouldn't be able to pick off the top of my head. Like, I'm glad we've kept the ratings. <laughs> yeah. Uh, picking off the top of my head would be hard. I really want to see a... Uh... I really want to see a line graph with uh, episodes going episodes going across, and then you know the ratings going on the y-axis. Yeah, that's how freaking analytical and geeky. Yeah, I am. well, we do and have this stored like... in a spreadsheet, so it's it's a possibility. Yeah, you could yeah you could easily do. We'll it. slap a pivot table on this sucker, and we'll just keep track. That would <laughs> that would have been a lot of fun. I should have put that in this episode. That would have been a good. Maybe we'll do it if we do a bottom oh, ten. We'll slap a graph in there for fun. That'll be good. Some people. Some people hate pivot tables. People, I like pivot tables. They're good. Uh, if you mix people, if you attach pivot table, we didn't do it when we worked together at that company. But when if you attach pivot tables to your business intelligence system, it it becomes one of the handiest tools you'll ever use in your life. I will vouch for that. So that's our that's our top fives. And what I'd have next is the cumulative top fives, which in my mind is not as interesting because we did have very diverse opinions. So what kind of accumulated together at the end? Like, there's the obvious ones that we both picked, and then the rest of them were just, there's a scatter shot of a bunch of really close things. So it's not as interesting. But here's our top five. Number five is The Storm. Uh, you, I must have. You did, you did. Just <laughs> powered that thing to the top five. You drug it, you drug it under, the, uh, under the podium. No, again, I don't think Good. I had it scoring particularly low, except for, like, the other two scores might have been average, but I think I hit it on the story. Um and that drug it down a ways, but number and I th- I think it's deservedly in the top five cumulatively. I think it belongs there. The King of Omashu you liked enough, and I liked it a lot, <laughs> so that did bump it. See, that's where you're gonna see some weirdness here. But uh, <laughs> like I said, just you liked it enough, and I liked it a lot, so that bumped it into fourth. Winter Solstice that makes sense. It was really close on your list and really high on my list. Uh, and then the Blue Spirit that made both of our lists. That's obvious, and okay. then. Of course, number one, very easy. And then just for fun, I wanted to call honorable mention that uh, the sixth place was the the pilot episodes. And I thought that was pretty cool. We've got, uh, you know, the pilot and the finale. And I'm a little surprised maybe the pilot didn't scratch the list, but I didn't like it uh, quite as much as you did holistically. Um, It was close. Like it. So that's your fault. it, It is my fault. It and the storm. And I believe the Waterbending Master was one that I was pretty high on, but just not quite high enough. 
those might have been that might have been right after that might have been number seven was the water bending master mm -hmm. so good competition again we're really we're, we're picking like 25 to 30 percent of all the episodes here but that's a good thing a lot of them are very good and then we're also very honest about which ones you can skip all together and then just for some fun the bests other than the siege the siege was literally the best or tied for the best in every category yeah so some other bests i figured yeah so the blue spirit great music audio visual so it's great music great animation a lot of stuff going on yes. through the whole episode yeah i remember the animation yeah one thing that really uh it really caught my attention in that episode was just the wind and the grass effect like that probably they put a lot of work into that they yeah. probably didn't need to go into that but it was great to look at the ladder scene and i'm pretty sure you're the one that called it out when we did the episode just watching them jump from ladder to ladder and it was very smooth and done very well and then it also it never it never stops there's not a, like a lot of down walking around mm -hmm. time in that episode it it goes 100 percent. story winter solstice uh i mean there again that first half might have lagged but cumulatively it tells a very good big story yep. in two episodes and it ends amazing like i said i would have to guess if i could go back i would guess that's kind of what launched me forward into the avatar universe of like yeah i'm really gonna enjoy this a lot and it happened just surprisingly early in my mind something so big and impactful that early in the series so also what it did was that it set the stakes in the goal for the whole entire series you know roku says gotta learn uh the the four elements and you have to master the avatar state before Susan's comic comes so that episode really laid a lot of foundation for pretty much the rest of the series maybe it's fair to say or i hope it is that like it kind of breaks it beyond one season you know as kids for watching this up to yeah. this point it, you feel like maybe this could just be a one season kind of tv show mm -hmm. and then this happens like there's no way they can stuff all this in together it's gonna be way bigger than that so yeah make it breaks the story open very well which is why it plays as high here and then finally, the most memorable. We both really like the King of Omashu. And memorable, yeah. there's not a good way to describe that category other than just positive feels, everything else that doesn't have a place. So the the comedy, a uh, character we both really like, so the challenges we both really like, that's what memorable is. And so that kind of makes sense. Uh, I really love the introduction to King Boomy. Like, yes. He's a, such a great character. And the Transformer scene where he kind of like straightens up and fixes his arthritis all at one time. Oh, that's one of my favorite. That's, <laughs> that's a very good sound effect, by the way. That's if you if you like a, and as far as a memorable like two or three seconds in the whole series, <laughs> I think about that scene way too often. Every time I straighten, I have bad posture. I'm wearing a back brace right now, actually, underneath my sweater. <laughs> Almost every time I straighten my own back, I kind of think of Boomy. So he's my inspiration to be healthy. Thanks, Boomy. So none of these surprise me at all. I just wanted to give some more props to some of these yeah. individual episodes. And but that's really all I have. It was it was uh, fun to put it together and kind of analyze the season as a whole. I definitely see that. If, you know, if I could go back, I, I see what I would go back and change or maybe how I... We, we've sort of set our grading standards. I'm not really concerned about it. I think my favorite episodes, for the most part, made the list. That five spot might be questionable. But, if, you know, if I could go back, I know I would grade things a little differently. Not the storm. <laughs> <laughs> whenever, I do my, whenever I do my movie reviews, I like to think that I give myself 
uh, three tenths of a point of margin of error. That's fair. Like going both ways. Like, all right, well, if I if I look back on this movie, oh well, maybe comedy was better. Maybe the directing was better, the acting, or maybe these scenes were worse. But I usually should be within you know this range at least, or it does not move at all. One thing that I've appreciated about how we've approached as a whole is so we we kind of agreed on on categories to to rank but we do weight them differently and i also like that part and the way that it impacts our voting now when we do it uh when we do it cumulatively i'm pretty sure it just averages our our whole scores together uh, it takes weighted scores never mind it takes weighted scores yeah yeah but uh it's i think that just adds a little more personality to it and so my, the best example i can give is the winner or is the the siege of the north where we both had the exact same rankings in terms of category, it's like 9.5, 10, 9, something like that. But because the way I have it weighted, I actually score lower on mine than you, even though we had the exact same scores in the same categories. I don't know. I like that that adds a little personality to it and just the things that we value differently. So that's pretty interesting to me. I'm glad we've done that. Um, all this being said, I think I want to do a, a bottom 10 episodes, but maybe more as a filler. I don't know if I want to dedicate a whole podcast to it, but I think it would be fun to go burn through those bottom half episodes. That might that would be interesting to me. Bottom five or uh, sorry, bottom five. Did I say bottom half? You said bottom ten. <coughs> no, definitely bottom five. Okay. Hey, maybe not a whole podcast, but I enjoyed this, and I think it'd be fun to make fun of some of those episodes and remind people which ones they don't really need to watch. Mm. And I think people might be surprised by that. Maybe they will. I mean, everyone assumes that the Great Divide will be number one but i'm not or number 20 i'm not sure <laughs> well it'll, yeah number one number 20 i don't remember <laughs> i do remember that after it's like after three i think there's a pretty big drop like there's really i want to say i might be mixed yeah. up but i think there's really three <laughs> bad ones oh there probably is and then after that it it kind of mixes up so something we can consider and hey that's i can't right. wait until we completely go through the whole series and go through Korra, and we can definitively prove that Korra is just as good as Avatar Last Airbender. And the best part is, but. it's not that we'll, <laughs> it's not we'll have the arrogance to come out and say, "Hey, this is exactly how you have to feel." But we will have, I don't know, like uh, 150 hours of time of research, quote unquote, put into this. So we'll be like, "Hey, we did the work. This is how it is." Not that we're right. We just, we did it. Here it is. I can show you my work. I recorded it and I posted it to the internet. And so, I mean, it's hard to... There's an Excel spreadsheet. It, there's, an, there's a spreadsheet involved. It's really hard to argue with that kind of, uh, with that kind of meticulousness. So I think we'll make a pretty good case. I also think it'll be really fun picking, picking your top five out of 20. I mean, there's only so, so crazy you can go. But when you get to the whole Avatar season, like all three of them, yes. or, yep. or the whole Avatar universe... That's going to be a lot of fun to pick our top top few favorites out of that. I'm really excited yeah. about that. Just uh, just 100 hours to go or something like that. <laughs> 100 hours of free. Hey, yeah, it's still long to go. But My podcasts... daughter will probably be like nine or something. This didn't take that long. No, it wasn't too bad. And now I would like to think, like even today with the podcast.com and the way we're recording, I learn new things to make it faster and better all the time. Uh, we've kind of settled into a, into a good schedule and rhythm, so I think it'll go better. We'll see how things go. 
doesn't matter. I'm gonna watch. I'm gonna watch it all the time, anyways. So whatever. And hey, that's our top five. I really don't have anything else to say. I put the giant fish picture on here again because that's a great scene. That's our favorite scene. That's safe to say. And so I figured I'd yeah, close a little the fish uh, picture. little behind the scenes. A uh, little note for you. Um, in the commentary, they call this Koizilla because. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't think you have uh, to explain fantasy. why. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, the the director of the episode, Dave Filoni, who um, also sh- show runs Star Wars, a, a lot of those cartoons. He's involved with a lot of Star Wars stuff, uh, but he's a big Godzilla fan, <laughs> and so they call this Koizilla. That's that's easy to understand. It uh, if if we ever rank, I don't know how you do top favorite scenes. I have no doubt this would be our top scene, at least in the first season. Yeah, I'm pretty confident. Yeah, oh, we're gonna do that list someday. Or, do, I don't know how no. you do that. Somehow, do you take like top? Do you take like top? It's a favorite. Is is a scene sort of a a minute segment or you know it's tough. We'll just have to wing that one, I think. But I think our number yeah, one yeah. and two. I think even our two would be fairly obvious. I think number two would probably be the winter solstice scene. I could be wrong. Maybe it's not that mm-hmm. obvious. From season one, from book one, water sure. at least. And hey, uh, well, before we wrap up, I was gonna say that I will. I'll try to post this as soon as possible, and then uh, off next week, and then the following week, uh, we may start the next season, or we might do another. We might shake it up with something a little different because it will be almost time for uh, for Comic Con. It'll be like two weeks before Comic Con at that time, which we will be attending, and also I will be moving. And I'm very excited. I'll have a house again and a game room. So I'll no longer have this. I already got the game room picked out. I'm so excited. And Heather agreed immediately. Nice. I'm so excited. I can already <laughs> picture it. This is going to be a beautiful a nerd wall uh, instead of a plain white wall. You could have you could have all of this. Just spend thousands of dollars. <laughs> and uh, uh, <laughs> no, I do, do that. I do... Uh, I do have the shelves and everything from the from the previous home, and there's plenty of merchandise to fill them. It's just very different merchandise than yours is, and that's fine. That's, yeah. that's diversity. Uh, but I will be moving, and that's very exciting. So hopefully we can fit one in there, but if not, it's just because I'm moving. The other thing I'm excited about is I'm in the middle of my living room right now. I won't have to drag out a table and a microphone and the headphones and everything. It'll just get to, like, just get to be mm-hmm. out, and that's nice. pretty exciting. It'd be a little nerdy recording studio. So uh, that's the coming weeks. Well, my intention is still that we'll put out another episode in two weeks. So, hey, that's all I got to say. Chris, any, any closing thoughts? Oh, uh, great, great season. Uh, been loving doing the podcast. Been loving continuing to watch this show and uh, discuss it. So a lot more to come. If you're that one person, I don't think this person exists. I think if you're listening to us, you probably already like the show a lot. But if you just like stumbled on us for some reason and you got this far and you're still listening and still thinking about it, it's worth pointing out you can buy like all three seasons for $20, $25 maybe used. I just did it when we yeah. started. Like $20, $25. Well worth it. Worth every penny by a mile. Absolutely go do it. Uh, okay. In that case, thanks, Chris. I will talk to you in a couple weeks. And... This was a lot of fun. We should do an episode like this again.